You know, police cost way more than you would have ever expected. Broadcasting from the Hip Hop Weekly Studios, I'd like to welcome you to another episode of Civic Cypher. I'm your host, Ramses Ja. He is Ramses Ja. Mm -hmm. I am bout it bout it <laughs> we were listening to some master p earlier oh, okay. just so that people can know where I, how i felt today um i'm also q ward and you are listening to civic cypher indeed and we got a lot to, for you to stick around for today including that very subject uh we're gonna be talking about exactly how much police cost uh cities you know especially the way that you know policing is done and regulated and policed dare i say uh, at present, it's a lot more expensive than you may know. And often enough, actually, 100% of the time, it's you and me, the taxpayers, that end up footing the bill when it comes to like police misconduct, police brutality, settling lawsuits, and even paying for police that are injured on the job. That all comes from us. And so we're going to talk about some of those things and um, how we ended up in the system in ways that we can kind of uh, change how things work. Uh, also, we're going to be talking about diversity, equity, and inclusion, DEI initiatives. Um, you may or may not know, but recently DEI initiatives, a lot of which were started in 2020 um, during the, you know, the mass protest over George Floyd, a lot of those initiatives have come under attack from the right, from conservatives. And um, there are a lot of people that say the DEI either doesn't work or it is like reverse discrimination or all these other narratives that people are trying to uh, sow into the minds and the hearts of the American people. And so we figured we'd give you a little bit of substance and, and facts because that's what we deal with on this show um, so that you can push back if that ever makes its way, that conversation ever makes its, makes its way to you. But first and foremost, we are going to start off as always with some ebony excellence. Shall we? We shall. So today's Ebony Excellence is sponsored by Major Threads. For innovative, fashionable sportswear, check MajorThreads.com. And I'm going to be sharing from The Verge. Comedian and media mogul Byron Allen has reportedly made a $10 billion offer to acquire the ABC TV network, FX, and National Geographic cable channels and local stations from Walt Disney, according to a report from Bloomberg. The publication's source is source claims that the offer is preliminary and could change and that Allen would work with banks and private equity firms to finance the deal, which is standard. That's that's how these things tend to work. Um, the offer for ABC isn't an unusual move for Allen. The comedian turned producer has invested $1.3 billion over the last few years to add new assets to his media portfolio, including the Weather Channel and a string of lo local stations from Honolulu to Tucson. Um, and the reason I wanted to talk about Byron Allen and uh, this maneuver as an example of ebony excellence is because in my life, this sort of conversation even is something that is new. This is something that behind the scenes, there were a lot of people that worked toward uh, in, in the 80s. You know, um, some of the names, uh, some of these people that fell from prominence. Um, but we recognize on this show, at least, that anybody that's moving to create opportunities, um, that's trying to be a black voice in the room, um, someone that has some additional perspective and that has the corporate sophistication and the fiscal backing to make these things happen, it deserves a shout out from us. And so even though this hasn't happened, we applaud Byron Allen as an example of Ebony Excellence for at least getting 
this conversation started and giving hope to all of us who would like to see that happen. Now, let's talk about how much the police cost. Okay. So let me give you a little bit of backstory. Uh, as you may or may not know, um, we share, Q and I both share content um, all week long uh, prior to recording the show. We share content and then we have a meeting um, before we actually turn on the cameras and the lights and the microphones and we decide <laughs> what portion of the 90% that we're going to leave on the cutting room yeah, floor. <laughs> there's, there's a lot that we don't get to talk about. Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, but recently, this came from Q. Uh, he sent over a post from Sean King. Sean King is an activist, for those that don't know, uh, who is a very high-profile activist, someone that we both look up to and who has um, supported us um, in, in our journey as well. But, but again, someone who has, he's, he's worked in the activist space much longer than we have. And again, someone that we look up to for a lot of uh, what he, a lot of his thinking and the way he processes information. Um, so he put up a post and his post said over the past decade, these 10 NYPD cops accounted for more than $68 million in misconduct payouts. All of them are still on the public payroll. Uh, the Post goes on to cite an article from The Gothamist. And the article, is, the headline of the article reads, Over a decade, 10 NYPD officers accounted for $68 million in police conduct payouts, police misconduct payouts, I'm sorry, um, report. So... First and foremost, um, I know that this is kind of illuminating specifically the New York uh, Police Department. But the fact is, is that this is true largely uh, around the country. Um, it is very, very difficult for police to be held accountable for any sort of misconduct. It's very difficult to even bring about some sort of attention that gets a proper uh investigation when it comes to police um, they're very well fortified and insulated from consequences due to not just qualified immunity um which i do want to talk about a little bit more later on but also police unions um i, I think at some point uh i think either we had the conversation or i read recently that the becoming a police officer is the safest job in the country it's it's almost like impossible to get fired from it and you probably have an easier time getting kicked out of the military um and so this allows for those bad apples by the way follow us on social media because we've been having a discourse about bad apples and good apples and what happens to the good apples but this framework allows for those bad apples to not only um cross the line and cost the taxpayers money but also to become repeat offenders, as we'll soon as we'll soon see. So um, I know you wanted to share a couple of thoughts. So let's get let's get you to weigh in here, and then we'll get back to the post. the the most difficult thing about uh, not just qualified immunity, but the very very strong union protection and insulation that officers have is the indoctrination of citizens, mm -hmm. right? Because the qualified immunity and protection from your unions typically keep them employed and keep them out of prison. Mm -hmm. But that 
implication of money that when they mess up, we pay for it. Citizens don't even care. Yeah. Like in any other space, we'd be outraged. Yeah. If our politicians, well, our politicians do make mistakes. That uh, I, yeah, I know what you're, you're trying to say. But it was presented the same way, yeah. especially the way the right would approach it if a Democratic candidate or um, politician did something that cost taxpayers $68 million. Mm-hmm. They destroy that that person with rousing support from their base. Mm-hmm. The indoctrination of the hero complex kind of that we've given to our law enforcement officers keeps us from even being upset by headlines like that. Like you think the people of New York would take to the streets as an angry mob to, you know, protest and, you know, storm the Capitol, quote unquote, Mm -hmm. with regards to having to pick up the tab on the misconduct. But not only is no one outraged. Not only are these 10 officers, so that part again, 10 officers being responsible for 68 million is so much. Mm -hmm. Still employed, Mm -hmm. probably still in the same position. I'm I'm guessing they probably didn't lose any rank, Mm -hmm. no salary decrease, slap on the wrist, get to say you're sorry, probably some type of paid leave. Take a a couple of weeks off. Your checks will still be there. No, no problem. Just, you know, collect yourself and we'll see you at on the first. Um, there's so many things built in, no public outrage, no accountability and no loss in money by the officers. Why be a good apple? Why would you even consider it when you're the type of, you know, the type of person that applies for a job that allows you to actually do anything you want, mm. unless it's like gross, you know, unavoidable, unhideable misconduct. You're kind of straight. Mm. It's really, really, uh, we're really up against it with regards to that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I'm, I'm glad you mentioned, you know, if it's something that you can't hide because often on this show, the stories that we tell are stories of police cover-ups. You know, they, they work together in concert to cover up the offenses or transgressions of their fellow officers. And not just officers, medical examiners, sure, uh, sure. paramedics. Like we've read stories where medical examiners yeah, have yeah. said a person that was beat to death died from a pre-existing heart condition like absolutely it's intense man so the crazy part about that is that um the stories that do make their way to us are stories that the cover-up wasn't effective and so that leads us to often question how many cover-ups never make their way to us how many cover-ups by the police are successful and the crazy i I guess a very high percentage because the, the data would support that. Yeah. They're investigating their own misconduct. Mm-hmm. The, the police police the police. Yeah, exactly. That'd be like me stealing something or doing something. I don't know. Pick a no. crime. Yes. And you're then, stealing something. And then, and then I'm responsible. Patting you down to find the thing you stole. Yeah. I say, hey, I didn't, nothing there. Yeah, exactly. And then I watched me pat myself, right? Yeah, yeah nothing. Sorry. Yeah, exactly. And, and, and if the logic holds up, you realize that that's asinine. But again, um, where this was taking me was that, and we talked about this on the show before, the police are not quite like other industries uh, or enterprises or operations. The police, how about this? Um, we talk about capitalism a lot on this show. And for better or worse, we live in a capitalistic society. Uh, we often 
deal with the worst <laughs> facets and, and, and aspects of capitalism on this show. But that's that's the society that we live in. And the, uh, capitalism, to be fair, has its benefits. It does drive innovation. It does drive, you know, not not unlike other things, but, you know, to those that would applaud capitalism. I'd argue, however, there are that, other that innovation so, and yeah, that, that all of that would exist even exactly that's a different that, that's what i'm trying society. to say but i'm not this i don't want to focus on capitalism as much as i do um the the capitalistic forces that are at play in the majority of our society if someone builds a laptop and you buy the laptop and it breaks and it's cheap and it doesn't work then the next time you're not going to buy that laptop you're going to buy a better laptop right and that incentive of you know someone building a, a bad laptop incentivizes competition to build a better laptop so that consumers have that as an option right and so there's a better alternative out there in that scenario underneath the capitalistic model and under other models but again we live under capitalism police are not subjected to being any better um, i'll take it a step further um something that maybe lies a little bit or maybe it's a little bit different you know it's it's not so capitalistic as this laptop model um let's try a hospital um if i'm sick and i go to hospital a and they treat me very bad and they you know they're they're not really giving me the right medicine i have to go back a ton of times and then a year later i get sick again i go to hospital b and they do much better and i get to choose hospital b into the well into the future if i'm ever sick if my children get sick my family gets sick hospital a doesn't get as many patients they don't get as much uh income coming in and eventually they go the way of the dodo right police again are not subject to those type of forces there's only one number you can call and one department that'll respond provided that it's in a certain jurisdiction and so again there's no incentive there's no competition there's nothing driving police to be any better um and because uh we've all been influenced we meaning ramses included ramses is the voice that you're hearing right now me i've i've been subjected to these sources too um in particular copaganda and for those that don't know copaganda is the subtle influence of police stories over the years through enter entertainment movies and media and so forth the police are always the good guys and they're always unless it's denzel for some reason i don't i don't want to make any connections there but i i'll leave you to do it for yourself um i'm talking about the movie training day um but for the most part police are always the good guys and they're always catching the bad guys and so we've learned to trust the police well that is something that was curated for the public and it started with a show called dragnet in los angeles and in order to get those real police stories um the producers worked with the police on the episodes and the police wanted to make sure i think it was the police union or the police uh, community affairs office whatever it was they worked with the the producers of the show to make sure that the police were always presented in a positive light um so you never got stories of police cover-ups you never got stories of corruption you never got that sort of stuff you only got one side of it so over decades the the public myself included became indoctrinated to assume that the police were always the good guy and i don't want to be too harsh on police because i do realize that for the most part police are who you call and for the most part you know they um do the job of police i guess but 
the the error rate is enormous and disproportionately affects poor people, uh, brown people, and black people. Hence, this entire show that we do every single week now for years, plural. The interesting thing is that even in you know cases of media, <clears throat> television, uh, and film where there is a bad officer portrayed, that indoctrination kicks in, mm -hmm. where we see that person as an outlier. Mm -hmm. We don't look at like, man, look how corrupt the police are. It's very, very unique to the the individual that we're pointing to, i.e. Denzel in Training Day. And, and of course, there have been other examples, but it's the, the, the bad actor or bad faith actors in those settings. They don't, the movie doesn't have to explain to us that that's, that that's unusual. Mm -hmm our minds automatically assume so because as you said, the, the police are the good guys. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you know, there's something else here too. When we're talking about um, who's establishing sort of the, the, the bar for police um, often there is no governing body that has a, a, a bar that is sufficient. And I say often because I'm trying to use loose language, but the truth is there is no governing body, body that establishes a bar that is sufficient for all people. Like the FAA, for instance. Um, if for the Federal Aviation Administration, if an airplane crashes, you know what? If a person dies, while in the care of an airline, um, it's a five alarm fire. And they will push to ensure best they can that that never, ever happens again. Okay. And there's no commission or oversight or investigative body like that for police in the United States because it's, you know, based on jurisdiction and that sort of thing. Um, there's no real federal oversight when it comes to this sort of stuff. No meaningful federal oversight, I should say. And so there, like, imagine if for every hundred flights that took off, one flight crashed. That would be unacceptable in At society. some point at that rate, people would stop flying. Sure. That's way but, too often. But, you know what? Let's go for every, every thousand flights. 10,000 flights that took off, one would crash. How about every 100,000 flights, one would crash? Are we starting to border on police numbers or have we already surpassed it? I suspect we've surpassed it. You know, in terms of police misconduct, where, where people are killed unnecessarily, okay? Now let's dial it back. Let's, let's make it live in a more meaningful context for you, our listener. Um, if that's unacceptable, then we need to question why we are so comfortable accepting the reality when it comes to police officers, because they also deal in life and death situations. Um, they are the ones often introducing the dangerous element to the equation, then get scared when they are well protected. They have the weapon. Then, they have, you know, then say that they're scared. Yeah. Right? And, and someone's running We've away. We've gone back and forth on this for yeah, years. They say they're scared. They're not really scared. I, get I do not believe that these things are happening because these people are afraid yeah. or fear for their lives. Right. When you showed up and you drew your gun and you shot someone. Who was running I'm, away. <laughs> I'm very, very curious as to how you're the one that was afraid for your life in that scenario. I always think of a gentleman. I believe his name was, 
I believe it was like Rayshard Brooks. I, I posted on Instagram. It was some years back, but uh, before we started doing the show, but I was still kind of very vocal about these sort of incidents where he was at a, a fast food restaurant in the middle of the night. He'd been drinking, pulled his car over to go to sleep in the parking lot. Police showed up, tried to investigate, whatever. He was being cooperative. Then he's, you know, the tables turn. They're like, oh, we're going to arrest you. And he starts freaking out. So he starts trying to run away again. Black people, as a rule, the police haven't been very kind to us as a people over the years. Um, and you can look back, look at the police, how they handled Dr. King. Look at how they sick the dogs on the protesters, the fire hoses and all that stuff. That, that was when they started filming it. It's been that way ever since the slave patrols. Okay. Historically, we don't rock with the police because they have never treated us all that good. So. Rashard tries to run from the police. He's drunk. Can't run, can't, none of this sort of stuff. They shot him in his back. Boom, 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 boom. As he's running away, he died. Okay. Officers can say they were scared. They could say anything, any, anything. They were scared for the uh, people that were across the street as, the, as if Rashard, a drunk man who was sleeping in his car, is going to run across the street and attack someone else or whatever. You know what I mean? They always come up with some version of the story that paints them as the victim and, you know, the black man unarmed in a lot of instances as the aggressor. And then the lawsuits come and you end up paying for it. And so instead and of the this, officer gets to keep the job and that too, and, and, and while being investigated, go on paid administratively. And, and so let me add to that. So Sean King for his article, he, he added this, he says, this is what we are up against. One cop had 48 cases settled against him. That's in New York. And is still on the force. One cop beat a child until he was paralyzed and it cost the city 12 million. And he kept his job. No job in the country is more secure than this one. In what other profession could any of this happen and you still keep your job? My own organization would fire me if I behaved like this. So let me just mention a couple of things that show how taxpayer resources are squandered with police. And then often, you know, the police are shaping outcomes, life and death outcomes for people that, as we see, don't always deserve that. Task forces that don't produce results. We've talked about that sort of stuff, drug task force, and they only get one gun off the street or one bag of drugs or whatever. And, and then they, pose for a picture with it. Right. Um, increased police presence that doesn't reduce crime rates. It does not do that. We've talked about that many times on the show. Um, spending money wisely for the community, for the benefit of the community. That impacts crime rates um some of the solutions to consider though is that police should carry insurance like doctors if they become uninsurable because of lawsuits they won't be on the force anymore and ending qualified immunity that's a big one and also just defunding the police because that will actually reallocate resources. reallocating police resources branded others be defunding please, the police please. will impact crime rates better than police will 